What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops podcast. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Sarge comes on this time and we go through our top 10 point guards in the league. We do this every offseason right in the dead point where we rate uh, our top 10 at each position. We'll definitely go through some honorable mentions. Um, and I, I think this is the... I mean, we haven't done the other ones yet, but I'd assume this is going to be the deepest position in the league. So, a lot of fun. Again, we'll make sure to talk about, um, you know, some honorable mentions too. I will be starting a a new series up on the other other channel where I preview all 30 teams uh, from a betting and fantasy perspective. It doesn't just mean we'll go through their team uh, win total, which we will. Um, We'll also go through, you know, how we think the books are going to, you know, rate them early on, what we think about the team overall, um, and just the overall, you know, mindset around each team before we head in, but on top of um, some guys to look at in fantasy too. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I hope you guys enjoy this, and without further ado, let's get it. All right, we are live. Uh, got the boy Sarge back here uh, for another pod, and today we're going to be breaking down. Uh, it, it's going to be the start of a new series, actually, where we uh, we do this every summer, right in the dead zone. Like I don't know about you, bro. Besides, besides doing this list, like I honestly haven't even like thought about basketball. It's like the deadest point in the year. And this is when you start getting football stuff, right? All the oh, football yeah. drama starts happening, so you don't even hear about basketball anymore. There's because nothing to even hear about. There's a- free free agency hits, right? And then it kind of draws out for like a month. And then once that month is over, it's football and baseball season. Yep. Like no basketball at all. Yep. I'm already here. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I'm I'm out here watching baseball. Um, I do it every summer. I pretend. I mean, I like baseball. I actually do. I've come to a greater appreciation, but there's nothing like basketball. But I like I like we talked about. Yeah, I, I really haven't even been thinking about it. So it was fun, fun exercise to come back on. It's it's fun to do every year. And um, I think some things that would clear up before we do this. And, and obviously we're going to do every position. But, um, I, you know, when we say top 10, it's super vague. Like I, first off, like I don't even think everyone has the same definition of uh, like the best. I think if you've listened to this podcast, you probably honestly know how both Sarge and I view that to me, it's just guys that right now are going to help you win basketball games. Um, Injuries come into play. Actually injuries don't really come into play with the point guards too much right now. Um, There's uh, there's we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, there's one. But um, for me, it's, I guess the most direct definition I can have is, you know, who, who do I want on my team to, to help me win a playoff basketball game, a championship basketball game, because I think that's ultimately what it comes down to is not just how talented you are, not just how skilled you are, but how you use those skills in combination with your, with your basketball mind. Um, That's me. I don't know. I I assume it's something similar for you when you were going through these guys, because it's very hard. It's very hard. I, I think all these are hard, but like, I mean, there's guys off my list that are legitimate legitimately have been an all-star you know like it's it's a really really talented league uh how'd you go through this there's a lot of guys that have been all-stars that aren't on my list honestly there's there's a decent amount probably four-ish but either way i mean for me i did it a couple ways it's if i'm trying to win a basketball game next year no future involved at all there's no 
age is not involved. Franchise piece yep. isn't involved. Yep. It's just, exactly. I'm trying to win a game. I'm trying to win games next year. Who am I taking throughout the season? Right. Injuries and availability matters in this for me, at least like that's, a guy a like point. very good point. Well, we got to talk about, yeah. for example, Kyrie Irving, and we can leave him for, for later. Um, Cause he probably won't be in, in either of our top fives, but he is a guy where injuries and availability in the games he's played in the last couple of years really matters in terms of this list because other guys that are very available, I'd take over him, even though they're not as skilled or as good of a basketball player. Also, another thing I was doing in this is I was switching guys. So I would say, all right, if I switch this guy onto this team and this guy on the, onto that team, which team do I think is, is, is a better team um, because of it? And for example, if you, Steph and Luke are going to be at the top of most of our list. If you switch those guys, are you going to think one team's better than the other? Like kind of scenarios like that help me with this exercise. Um, It's not everything, but it does help switching guys because team do matter. Teams do matter in terms of, of players. But um, for me, it was just, I'm taking one guy for the season. Who am I taking? That's, oh, you kill, you fucking knocked that out of the park, bro. Because the first thing is, uh, you know, I, that, that makes me think a little, I think I, I don't, I don't think I put availability as much into it for me. I think I put it as like, you know, when they're on the court, but if we are taking them, you know, in a playoff game, then yeah, you obviously you need them. That's the literal first part of it. So I totally get that. Um, the second part is, yeah. Like, I think that, I think that's a really good exercise to do with like, Hey, obviously it's not. And you mentioned it too. It's obviously not everything because the team you know, that surrounds that player obviously plays a factor in, you know, how good and successful that team is, but the success of that guy too. But regardless, if you are really, really good, you should be able to make an impact through, you know, on a, on any team in any perceived situation. So it's like I'm a fun exercise, for example, is like if you took like a guy like Kate Cunningham, who's on an obvious rebuilder, he's still very, very young. It's hard to tell how good and how impactful he is as a winning player right now because that team is so bad around him. But if you were to take him and switch and throw him on like a, I don't know, throw him on like a Miami Heat or Golden State Warriors or switch point guards out, let's say, for example, another good team, like a Bucks team, like how good and how impactful would he really be? That's where the exercise gets fun, because there are teams in the NBA that are literally trying to lose games that have very, very skilled point guards on it. Right. Yeah. So that that's kind of where the exercise becomes really interesting and fun and makes it tough. For sure. For sure. I'm with you um all right let's go to our top 10 so uh you, you don't have yours from last year which is fine it's still helpful um i'll go through my 10 first from from last year ben simmons 10 darren 9 jaw 8 drew 7 Kyrie 6 chris 5 trey 4 dame 3 luca 2 steph 1 i don't feel like like obviously my list is different this year but i don't like Looking back, even the guys who were on it last year and no longer are, like, I feel like it was just because someone was really, really good and came flying in hot. Uh, but Which like, guys weren't on it anymore? Um, uh, Darren and Ben. Okay, so you had Darren in your top ten. What do you mean? Last year? You're a, yeah, you're a huge Darren guy, honestly. I, I am, and I'm going to talk about him this pod. He's not in my top ten, but, like, he just missed it for me. He just missed so, it. But eight of my eight of my ten last year are back in. And here here is here is my ten from 2020, 2021. So this is two make, years ago. 
Two this years. is two years ago when we did the podcast for the first time. So yeah. for me, I had Drew Holiday, 10, Kemba Walker, 9, John Morant, 8, Trey Young, 7, Chris Paul, 6, Ben Simmons, 5, Kyrie Irving, 4, Luka, 3, Dame, 2, and Steph, 1. So and then, guys, I mean, that makes sense. Two years have passed, and, and that's, that's what's so fun about doing this, too. And, and these are guys that have completely fallen off, too, like for me uh-huh. at least, like Kemba Walker is, is not even like a top 40, 40 point guard in the yeah. league anymore. Like a, a guy, small guards, bro. Those small guards that here's another thing too. those small guards that fucking can't play any defense at all. Like it's just because if you lose, like, let's say you get a knee injury and you lose that explosiveness. It's what else do you have to do for a team? You know what I mean? Like where yeah. a guy like Ben Simmons, for example, can always be impactful, whether he scores or, or not, or gets injured or loses a little bit of, of bounce because he's just such a good defender. But yeah. I mean, every single guy on my list is is just like I don't think I really I'm going through it. There's one guy who's like, you know, who else fell off now. a lot from last year and even two years ago too that we can touch on real quick is is Malcolm Brogdon. I feel like that's a guy like I I really really loved the last two years. Like he might not have been in my you know top even twelve ish, but right on the fringe there of of being a a guy that I would consider in my top 10, like not yeah. locked in, but a, a guy that's on the fringe of, of, of that area. And now he's just. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not ready to like write him off though. You know, it's just injuries. Like, I think that's another thing we do is we like, not even just, I wasn't even, not even saying you're doing it with Malcolm, but just like in general with NBA fans, it's like, we just write guys off after one situation. Or one thing. And obviously, they got to go and prove it. But, like, I think that's another thing I want to do today is just cut through, like, the perceptions and just be, like, obviously, you know, there's perceptions for a reason. But, like, we watch these guys hours and hours and hours. We know how good they are. We know how good they are. Um, And some guys just – that's part of being great is the consistency. But, like, some guys need just the right situation to happen. And I think with some of these guys, especially the guys that just missed it – we'll see a big year like like dg last year like dg last year who is we'll get to him too um all right so usually we go 10 to 1 but i think it's almost more exciting to go 1 to 10 um or who knows maybe we have been going 1 to 10 but regardless i think that's the way to do it just because it's almost like the the common sense ones are almost at the start anyway so uh let's let's go ahead and do that did you have anything else you wanted to touch on before we we do this um no that's about it no all right let's do it for number one bro steph you curry. gotta go <laughs> yeah, steph curry and i've talked i mean he's by far the number one talks about guy on this show um but i mean i, I still gotta do a little bit of, but i'll keep it brief i just you know how how much i've loved him you know how and, and it's not even like it's funny because there was a time where i loved him this much and the general consensus was like dude he's not that good and then once he turned into the player he was, it almost reached a point where I was like, all right, like, I'm good now. But then you still had the people that that were saying all that stuff before still coming like, he's not that good. Like, he's good, but he's not he, He's not there. And I, it was just su- super satisfying for me. I know most of the NBA fans, you know, b- believe what I believe. But it was super satisfying to see, uh, you know, in a year we're coming into it. And I get why people weren't on us. Um, said all right we're done and to see that guy 
be the centerpiece. Like, you know, it was just an absolute wet dream for me. Those, those finals, it wasn't just off ball screens. It like he completely controlled the game. He was the best player in the biggest stage. And I've always known he was capable. I felt like just KD being there made it absolutely unstoppable. Um, but it, it wasn't like he needed KD to be able to perform at that stage the way some people made it out to, to be. And, uh, yeah, I'm just – I'm counting – like, I'm holding on to every second, bro. He's my he's my number one. I hope – I really, really do hope, and I think it can. I think it can go on for a, a good bit longer. I don't know, you know, elite, elite, but, like, with the way science is, with the way modern medicine is, the way CP and LeBron have done it, I think you'd be elite for a little bit longer. And uh, who knows? Well, that next guy's on his heels for sure. Like, I could see it even as close as next year. But for now, I got my guy coming in at, at number one. I got your guy in at number two. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> I already know. Like, uh, I, I already know you, and uh, you're not going to get me. Bro. <laughs> even, even if you did officially, if you went as far to tickle me to the point where you put it on your official list, I would still know. Like, you, you're just dedicated to the tickle. Yeah, see? You can, you can go. You can go, bro. I got Luca one, and here's why. Here's my argument for Luca. Uh, <laughs> my argument for Luca is he's going to be 23 years old. Steph's going to be 34. You just right? said age didn't play a factor. You I know that. I don't think it, in a sense of like a guy being in a spot where I think Steph not necessarily takes a step back, but I think this is the start of of, of Luca taking over as as the best point guard in the league next year. It, they're neck and neck. They're both in my tier one. Like Steph and Luca are, I think, very interchangeable. I think a guy like you who has a Steph brain is going to think it's not even remotely close. But I think if you pulled like no, the NBA right. media, I think if you pulled the NBA media and just the, you know, the step above the casual fan, like really big basketball heads, I think it's pretty 50-50 on who you take one and who you take two here. I think you really do think Steph is the best and I don't think it's really close. I think you probably put Steph in his own tier. But no, I literally, me, I literally said that guy was on his on his heels, bro. Like I, I put him in the same tier, but like we, I mean, we put we could play the game from earlier. It's not, and this is where I do think you run into trouble. But like, dude, I mean, we 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 beat him in five. You know, we beat him in five, and I know you'll say we have a better supporting cast, but it's not a cat. I mean, it was a cast that you didn't think was good enough to beat the Nuggets. You know what I mean? Like it's not like a crazy cast. <laughs> It's not a crazy cast, and we beat him in five. So I'm I'm still giving it the re- him the respect. But I, I get and he played really well. Jordan Poole played really well in that series too. And I mean, I hate to say it, but dude, who does Luca have? I mean, he's got he had Jalen Brunson, and outside of that, dude, it's like it was literally Luca versus the world in that series. There's nothing you do. They're throwing fifty dudes at him every single time. I mean, I I think that's I don't know that that's because if it, let's I, just look at. I, I mean, if you say that, at, I wouldn't say that honestly. Who, who's a better creator, Steph or Luca? Luca's the best creator in the in the world. I agree, and, and that's why another reason I want to take him over over Steph. Because if you look at the, if you're just looking at straight stats, right? Steph had 25 last year on on 43 um, percent from the field and 38 from three. Luca had 28 on 35 from three and 45 from the field. So 
stat wise and percentage wise, like they're pretty even. Steph's obviously the better three point shooter. There's no question. But about bro, it. I, but, I don't even want to go toward like we know these guys, bro. We don't need to say that Steph averaged twenty five on like. I'm, you know, I'm, you know but, what I mean? but I'm not. I'm, I'm I'm talking about just straight. Like I feel like when people think about Steph Curry, they think he's like way way better in terms of creating his own shot than than Luka Doncic. Yeah, I don't bro, think it's we that don't big even of a care difference. About that. It's me and you. It's me and you. I know. I'm saying I will take Luka Doncic over Steph Curry. I think he's a better creator. I think he's a better player, and I think he will be the better player if you put them side by side next year. Okay. I'm taking Luka Doncic. That that's fair, bro. These, I, I, these two are very very hard to argue about because oh, Steph is so about Steph, it, bro. Steph is so dynamic. So I is Luka, but they're they're dynamic in completely opposite ways. Not completely opposite, but very different ways. Yeah, like their I, games are so similar, but also so different at the same time. No, I I completely agree with that. They, Luca, but I think that's what, I think that's why he'll get the nod is because Luca can do it in that creator way, where it's just you could go eight straight possessions leaning on him, where you couldn't quite do that with Steph. But I think Steph makes up for it in other ways, and maybe that's going off on the basketball side of things. But, like, I think if Luke and maybe – you're not even arguing it. You're not even saying Luke Here's Here's the tough guy. part, too. It, over the course of the game, I take Luca, but at the end of the game, when it comes into crunch time, I'm taking Steph for one last shot at the end of the game. I need a creation. I need a bucket. I'm taking Steph. That's where it gets tough. You know what I mean? Like, end game, yeah. it's Steph, no question for me. But throughout the course of a game, like 48-minute game, I think I'm taking Luca. That's fair. Last thing I'll say on it, I and I was going through it, bro. You got to hear me out. You got to hear me out. I think uh, I think the guys that get that creator tag, like Luca, where it's like they're so good, and in Luca's case, so big that you can go to them throughout a game, and that be the offense, makes people lean towards those guys. Where Steph might not be able to do that. But I think he picks and chooses and finds other ways that make it a lot harder to defend over the course of a game. Whereas, like, and this might be getting too abstract from the point, honestly, at this at this stage. But, like, Luca, you know in crunch time, you know in game, in big games, the offense is going to be Luca, either high pick and roll or him backing down. And you can still get burned from it, but I think it's easier – to game plan around that style of offense whereas Steph he'll pick and choose he's not going to run that every single time he's going to run a million miles around and just make it overall as a defensive unit harder to to game plan but the fact that you can go to Luka and have that type of offensive attack be just as good is saying something but uh that that's my that would be my argument just in terms of like harder to game plan around defending an offense but that was a that was a good take and and i i get it like I luca do. too like here's here's the thing and this is kind of arguing toward you but like <clears throat> luca you have to create an offense around him right like he has the like with steph he can kind of go into any situation of course he's going to be the main option in any offense but like he can work so well off the ball where luca doesn't have that in his game at all like he's not running off screen and creating shots for his players without touching the rock yeah like steph curry exactly. does where luca is doing all the creating in his hands and you see it steph does a lot of that creating off the ball exactly and then when he is back on the ball 
you know, he's he's more he has more juice because he doesn't have to do that. And I think that's really hard to game plan. And I think it's it makes it tougher for defenses. But I get it as as a as a one on one player. There's no one that creates like Luke. And I wanted to say this even before we go. Uh, three three of the top five guys in the league this year in open three point attempts were three Cleva, four Reggie, and five DFS. So it just shows like if you're gonna guard Luca one on one, he's probably gonna get a bucket. And so a lot of times they're gonna show two or one and a half. And Luca's just I've never seen honestly I've never seen anyone better at doesn't matter where Luca is and where the open guy is getting the ball two overs open from beyond the three if if any guy overhelps even a step it's it's crazy it's crazy dude and he's never had like a a, a good rim running big on his team too that's yeah. another part of it like and that's a, a whole discussion for another day but like dude imagine because like you said all these guys that are open look threes are Dallas Mavericks imagine like a, a guy like Capella or like Gobert in that system where they just pick and roll Luca's gonna find him every single time it's unguardable but instead he has Dwight Powell so uh, <laughs> who is not terrible but I, I know what you mean um I, my favorite too is when when he's able to get to at the level of the screen and then the roller drops and then the help side guy has to either go out to the three or the roller and Luca's like just looking at the three-point guy and then drops it off for a wide open Lev, it's just so beautiful. Uh, but, dude, I, I do have them in the same tier. I have them in their own tier. And uh, I honestly love – see, that's why I love that you're on, bro, because you're not, you're not scared to have Luca one. And I'm, I'm glad you did, bro. All right. Uh, new tier. Three, you go ahead, bro. I think we're going to have the same one here, honestly, because I know how much you – I know how much you love this guy. For me – I'm going to – I have Trey Young three. I'm – dude, I'm, I'm honestly really pleasantly surprised. I, I know you don't really like Trey Young, so – I love – I like Trey Young a lot, and this was a this, – this section right here, three through five, was really, really tough for me because these guys are just very similar in, in the way that they get buckets. Yeah. But I think right now, if you told me I have to choose one of these guys – you want to just go, Sam? It's going to be the same for both of us, I would assume, um, for, for the next three. But for me, yeah, I'll just say these three in a row. It's Trey Young, James Harden, and Dame Lillard for me, five. That. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you probably have those three in, the, in some sort of order as well. Yeah. Yeah, mine's three, James, four, Dame, five, Trey. Wow. So we are different. I think I just – I think I lean, like – you're you're ready. You talked about no age, but you're ready. You're ready for these young boys to overtake the OGs, bro. I don't know if I'm ready yet. Dude, Trey last year, man. I, I just dude, Trey two years ago for me was what like they they suck last year, bro. And I don't even I already know the stats he could put up. He could do whatever he wants. He could put up 35. I don't care. I want to see him win. But I know he's capable of that. I know he's capable of that. But go ahead. Why do you have him over Dame and James Harden? In your opinion, I mean, dude, the three point shooting from Trey Young last year, too. I was looking at he shot better from three than Steph. I mean, the guy's so okay. It was dynamic. down here for Steph. Second time you brought it up, but still, it is very, very hard to, 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 to have a better three point shooting percentage than Steph, even on an off year. Like most, most guys, that's really, really hard to do. Trey Young has is, is just become so dynamic. And for me, this is where it gets really tough because I didn't even see Damian Lillard play last year. 
right? Like yeah. the guy played 20 games. So it, it's, I know how dynamic of a player he is. I know how good he is as a guy, but if, if you're telling me I got to pick one guy, sure thing next year, I just know I'm getting it from Trey Young. That's I, fair. Damian, He's been Damian way Lord, more consistent. And I haven't seen Damian Lillard. And, yeah. and I'm sorry, it, it's hard to play that game because I haven't seen him, but I'm taking the sure thing for next year. And honestly, Damian Lord at the end of, of, of not last year, but the year before, and Trey Young at the end of, of this year, I think are very, very similar players. And you could have two very good arguments for both of them. Um, Trey is underrated as a playmaker as well. I think most people just see him kind of as, as a, a threat from three and then a really dynamic, but him around the rim and him passing the ball as a playmaker, he's taken yeah. big steps as a player. I, I Obviously mean, the defense is terrible, terrible, but it's the same way with, with the other two guys as well. So I'm not even going to talk about that. I yeah. think Trey dynamically as a score and a playmaker is a little bit ahead of, of Harden and Dame at this point. You can make an argument for James, but in yeah. terms of, of Damian Lillard, I'm no, taking that, Trey over. That's fair, bro. I, I still remember two years ago. Like, I don't remember where I had Trey that year, but, like, I've, I've, I've loved this dude for a while. I just think, like you said, I don't think people realize the passer that he is. And on top Almost of that – Almost 10 assists a game last year. Dude. Yep. Yep. And on top of that, three-level score. It's, it's really – Trey Young is like it. It might be a little like I might be taking too much, simplifying it too much, but in a sense, he's he is Luca just in a smaller body. Like obviously they don't have perfectly similar games, but in the terms of the impact of scoring at all three levels and just getting the ball where it needs to go for for the most part, he is Luca just way way smaller. And so uh, I'm with you. You absolutely could make an argument for him over Dame and James. Dame and James have had terrible past for James last two year and a half, Dame year and a half. Like I, I totally, totally get that. I think, yeah, for whatever reason, when I'm making these, this list, I just, for me, I'm, I'm not tripping off that Dame injury. Um, I really think that honestly, an injury like this, I know some people will go the other way and they got to see it. And I totally get that for me. I almost view it like, Dude, he's got so much rest now. He's going to be so fresh. Yeah. And I, we, you and I, I, I remember, I think last year you had Dame too. I think you did. And I remember you going on about how he is a killer. And he really is. I'm super, super excited to see him back out there this year. And I I, uh, you know, I know he gets some shit for the loyalty thing, uh, but I love it. I, I think I'd be, you know, believing him more if I wasn't a Warriors fan. Um, I don't, I don't know that he's actually going to win anything in Portland, but like they form this team around him and I think he's going to have a monster year. I think it's, it's so easy to forget when a guy hasn't played for a year, which he hasn't, uh, but Dame is so, 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 so good. And you can go either way. I think Trey's probably honestly a better creator, but when Dame is absolutely on, like I've seen Trey in certain game environments, not be able to score. If it, if, and it's not all the time, right? He's got a great floater. But I've seen in certain game environments where he'll – if his shot's struggling, he's struggling scoring-wise. And he'll still get his dimes. But Dame, I just feel, is so underrated attacking the basket. Um, and I, I'm just – yeah, I just gave the respect to him. And honestly, I had James three. Um, and I know some people might be shocked at that because it's not even off the past two years, right? I think the past two years have been – I don't think people realize how injured he's been, bro. Like, obviously, 
two playoffs ago, he was playing off one hammy, but I don't think he had the full off season to even come in. I think the Nets thing was kind of weird. Um, I, 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 you and I both know how crazy talented James Harden is as an offensive basketball player. And it's not just as a scorer, bro. Like he has the Trey Young, the Luca. Like we talked about, I don't know that I've seen a creator like Luca. James Harden, I was just forgetting James Harden. And so I think uh, as a as a Warriors fan, bro, I, I just have a lot of respect for that dude. Like those teams were not as not even close to as talented uh, when we kept going at it, when we had KD. And James Harden always had those teams right there. So I, I think he's going to get healthy this year, and I think he's going to have a monster year. I have James Harden three, Dame four, Trey five. James Harden could be an interesting MVP candidate to bet on because I bet the odds are very, very, oh, very they're great. Low. It's just big Joel. But if Joel goes down and they and he like keeps him that's one of the throat. reasons. Yep. Yeah. Um, but there's this isn't a takeaway of, of James Harden. I think for me, the Damian Lillard was a, a now that I think about it, pretty easy five for me just because of the it was an ab injury too. He's gonna be fine. He's been a guy throughout his career too who doesn't miss games. Like yeah. that guy plays 75 plus games every single year. He'll I'm not back. really either. Um, he's still gonna be elite, elite. Um, but I just that's the steps Trey Young has taken and just what I've seen in that playoffs uh, series before this year, and then that team was just in the dumps this year, honestly. That was a just yeah. horrible season. And it wasn't Trey's fault. Trey fucking balled out, too. Dude, Teams I was just completely say, focused on him and no one else dude? could do shit. The play-ins, like, they, they got to the plans, and then he took control in both playing games. Both playing games. Obviously, they lose the heat. But, yeah, like, I, I don't blame you for putting Trey Young that high. Um, it's just very rare that we see a three-level score with the creation that he does. Um, and I'm not, yeah, who cares about the defense? He's smart enough. He'll be in the right positions. Who cares? Um, so you got Trey three, James four, Dame five. Yes, sir. Okay. So same five, slightly different order. Actually, completely different order, but like same five. So we're on the same page. And uh, dude, on, like, honestly, like you could I thought you off, dude, dude I thought you would have had Trey uh three for sure I thought you were gonna do Trey three just because you you love him so much I do I think it's just giving respect like I Trey made it to the Eastern Conference Finals once I've seen James Harden and, and Dame be there on the biggest stage but I, I could 100% see Trey passing that up and and we talk about you know age not playing a factor but you're right like if you're just if you're just saying like taking the natural progression of these guys with one off season, they're going to be that like just a tick better next year. And Dame's not getting better. You know, like he kind of is who he is. James can definitely get better, but you know, from his peak, I don't know. Trey probably hasn't reached his peak yet. No, not even close. That's the thing. Like if it's a difference between a 24 year old and a 34 year old, like, yeah, there, there could be a bit of a slight, slight, impact on it but like when you're looking at a 28 year old versus a 23 year old there's just nothing unless they're super injury prone that's the end of that tier for me um i don't know about you but th those three yeah. tier together no you could say you could tear that off so the first tier is like all right like they're they're there then the next tier is like okay like if they're my one like i i feel pretty damn good and then this next tier is like i feel good but i need more around I, them yeah yeah, exactly. 
Um, I'll go. I'll go with my six. Um, I want Jaw. I want Jaw as well. Oh, for, there we go. First matchup. Um, yeah, Jaw. Jaw kind of had. So what Trey Young had two years ago, I feel like this that was Jaw this year. When Trey Young, you know, Hawks burst on the scene, uh, Eastern Conference Finals against the Bucks, beat you know beat the Sixers. That was Jaw this year. Obviously, they lost in the second round of the to the Dubs, but. Um, I mean, he just took a massive, massive leap. And he's like, he's like Russ, if Russ could shoot to, you know, to an extent, maybe even more electric than Russ. There's just, we haven't seen a point guard like this in a while where, you know, like they literally can jump over dudes. Like he's, he's, you know, you would think the size and the frame would, would cause him trouble driving. No, he's one of the best finishers in the league just because he's an insane, insane leaper. He can leap over guys and he's wiry strong so you can leap through guys too um it was it was just super cool to see the the jump this year he was eight for me last year um the fact that he's even six is just a testament to how crazy good this league is dude too the the thing with him i mean the guy almost shot 35 percent from three when he's kind of known as the dude that can't shoot yeah and he just comes out and shoots the same as Luca. Like obviously, it's the not not the same looks, but still, with a guy that has that high of a usage and that high of volume, like for him to go fifty percent from the field and thirty five from three, that's that's getting on the verge of being elite, elite. That's like Derrick Rose, but with a with a three point jumper. Like the only yeah. thing D Rose didn't have in his game was he couldn't shoot the three ball. It's the same thing with John Rantz. Explosive, same kind of player. And now Jaws uh, developing yeah. a three. I honestly it's, like that comp way more than Russell Westbrook. It, it, it's going to be scary if he can keep that up. Now, we've seen in the past guys where, you know, they have one year where they shoot 35% and they drop back to their normal 32 33% for the next coming year. But if he can keep that up, dude, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he easily jumps into tier three and starts kind of competing with Trey Young for the third best point guard in the league, honestly. Yep, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, and he just does it in a different way, right? Like, I feel like all these guys, these point guards, they're not insane athletes. I think the closest to an athlete we've talked about is Dame. And even him, there's crazier. Like, Jaw is obviously very skilled, but he's just otherworldly athletic. And I, I'm sure everyone who is listening to, the, listening to this has, has seen it. But just freak athlete. And I hope he can stay healthy, bro, because – it's a lot of wear and tear on those knees and those ligaments, but he's going to be a joy to watch. And, and it really does. Like, I think jumping into that next tier is um, that's that shooting, right? Keep it up. Keep it going up. Um, and we'll see. We'll see. He is. It, it, the, the, I will say, though, I'm not here to shit on him, but it does trip me out that they played better without him. In the playoffs and the regular season. Consist- consistently, not a couple games, like no. a 20, 20 plus game span. And, and this is what I mean. We go, we talked about it with the Steph Luca thing. And I think it's still something that basketball fans, basketball, even people in front office are, haven't quite caught up on where a guy can be so good that you run the offense through him, high pick and roll, whatever it may be, run it through him every time. But that is easier to defend it's just a fact you know where they're coming from and a guy can be so good that he can still score through that um but it's a lot harder to defend a team that moves the ball and and it's this ultimate like what do you choose and when john morant was out that offense the ball was flying and and their defense was better but 
regardless, you got to respect the, the body work and, and what he put in. We're running out of time here. I, I could be five seconds left, bro. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back. Awesome. Pick back right back up where we left. But uh, I just, I think that's, it's super interesting because it's a direct, like, you know, how the game is played. And I feel like a lot of times when you get a crazy, crazy player, uh, they automatically just get the ball in their hands almost every possession. And I think a lot of guys could benefit from giving it up and moving and, you know, but that we'll see. We'll see how that continues to play out. I just think that is odd in that in a very large sample size. Like, we're not talking six games, not talking seven games. Like, I was legitimately nervous for a sec during that series. Like, when we won, we won game six at home. And if we lost, we would have had to go play game seven in Memphis. So Jaw went down, what, game four? We're up 3-1. They absolutely butt-fuck us in game five. I don't know if you remember that. Probably like 40. It was like 140. To they like won by like 40, 45. Yeah. It, was, it was terrible. And then game six, back at home, it's 3-2. Could not score. Could not score. It was a grind. It was a grind. It very much looked like there were Grizzlies were going to win. We pulled it out with like Steph went on a little run. Clay hit some shots like pool four or five minutes left barely but like game seven in memphis off the back of losing at home and 45 like i was i was scared and so i'm not saying john they gave dude they gave up i don't know if people remember that they grizzlies gave up game one too that game was over they had won that game uh i don't know if you they were up like four points or three points with like 50 seconds left or something and they hit a three away. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I feel you, you'd like to take care of business at that point, but well, they won. all I'm saying is that series was four two, but that was like a seven game series in a way. Like, no, to it, me, it, like that, dude, it was legitimately the most scared I'd been like they, they gave us a tougher series. I can say this than the nuggets, than the Mavs, than the Celtics, honestly, like, uh, so uh, we'll see. I'm not saying that. Yeah, again, I have them six. I have them six. That's that's really good. There's some really good point guards that didn't make the list. But um, uh, I don't know. We got to see more to that. I, I don't know there's, that. Yeah, the, there's still question marks along like the the top five. There's no question marks in, in any next to any of those guys, in my opinion. Yeah. With Jaw, I still have some question marks, just in terms of of like how good he really is you know what i mean like how he's elite but how elite how elite you know exactly exactly all right i gave my six bro what's your seven my seven is gonna be the we old have different man the old man himself how do you know because i have Kyrie, and i know you don't have Kyrie. how do you know i have Kyrie, but he's very very far away i oh, have chris okay. paul seven i have chris paul seven and i think he falls off a lot of people's lists here um, towards the end, towards 10, um, just because of what happened with Phoenix in the playoffs. But, I mean, the guy is just such an unselfish, smart, unstoppable in the pick and roll player at this point where, yeah, he's not going to give me 82 games in the season. He's probably going to give me 55-ish, maybe 60 if he's we're lucky. He's surprisingly healthy, but maybe they shouldn't get make him play that many games. But he's just – he's such a winner. He's such a, a a team player, and I just – he fits in any system. It's just Chris Paul, man. Like, he's so damn good, and it's hard to explain because he's so damn old at this point. But 
He's so smart. Almost averaged 11 assists um, um, last year, 10.8. Only scored 14 points, but I mean, he took like 10 shots a game and was still efficient. I just love yeah. Chris Paul, man. Like when I'm, if I want a guy that I'm going into a playoff series with, I would take him. And this is one of the ones where durability, yeah, I get it, but he's going to be there in the playoffs. He's going to fight through injury. And I'm just going to take Chris Paul over a lot of guys. So even at 37 years old. I feel you, bro. I feel you. I mean, it, there's ever a guy to just like showcase how important the basketball mind is, you know, like he's 37, not athletic anymore, not fast, not quick, but just his intelligence um, in a basketball sense. But even just like in the, he just knows how to grind out games, right? He knows how to take little fouls. He knows how to draw charges. He'll, he'll get some bullshit calls, but he knows how to work the refs. Like he has, like, I feel like he could be legitimately, he could go be an NBA ref tomorrow and just like be, be in the pinstripes and just be an NBA ref. Like that's how good I feel like he, and it just goes to show you like how much he wants to win. Uh, I love him. I love him. And I actually, I don't love him. I love his game. I love his game. Yeah, same thing. Uh, I, was say, I don't love him, but I love his game. And I think it deserves to be appreciated. And I think you, you talked about how it's hard to describe and it is, but like, I think you could literally, and obviously a lot of other things happen, but just point to the Suns, you know, like as a team that was in the bubble, but like didn't, shouldn't have really been in the bubble. Um, and then they come back that next year. I forget what they were last, two years ago, four seed, one seed last year. And obviously D book got better and Aiton got better. And Monty Williams is a great coach, but I think the, the biggest thing honestly is the addition of Chris Paul. So uh, I don't, I don't hate that at all. I do. I will say though, like, I'm affected by – I think his perception is obviously affected by, you know, the last year in the playoffs. And just, like, it's one thing to lose a game seven. It's one thing to give up a 3-1 lead, you know. Um, I've been there. But, like, you, you can't lose at home in, in that sort of way that you did. Um, and if if this was the Chris Paul of three, four, or five, however many years ago, that's just not happening. It's just not – Happening. I know basketball is a rhythm sport and Mavs had all the rhythm, but you, you got to find a way. And I, it, he looked powerless for the first time in a really long time. So I had a mate. Dude, he has lost some of the the, the most insane Devastate. playoff series game. Seven devastating yeah. series. That Rockets I've ever series, seen. bro, was Dude, the Clippers, the Clippers, some of, some of the series when he was on the Clippers, too. Oh, no, to like, the Rockets. Sorry. The, the Clippers lost. The Clippers were up 3-2 at yep. home, yep. up 19 going into the fourth, and they lost that with game. Big in Doc. With Big Doc, yep. Yep, Josh Smith and Corey Brewer gave it to him. <laughs> it was the most <laughs> devastating thing. But, yeah, he's really, really good. But I think that that it just goes to show you, especially at this stage, maybe, you know, it's different. With, it's obviously different with 23, 24-year-old Chris Paul. But there's only so much you can do with basketball mind if your body's at a certain point. And 100%. Chris Paul is as far as you can be w with where his body's at. He's as impactful as you can be with where his body's at. And you got to salute him. I had a mate. Um, it's just because his mind is so elite, too. It's amazing. like him and LeBron are the same thing, except LeBron's body hasn't deteriorated. Chris Paul's has a little bit. Six, eight. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Exactly. Um, all right. My seven was Kyrie. Um, and I guess I'm in the position to, def to defend this because – of, of everything you've said before um and i get it bro this this dude has not played a full season in so long uh and really ever since he left the Cavs, like 
it's hard to say that he's had a season where he lifted his team up or really greatly impacted his team. Um, but at the end of the day, it just comes down to skill for me. And I, I like to think that of one of these years, he's going to put together an 80 game season. And that might be that that definitely could be wishful thinking. But when I was making this list, it was under the assumption that whoever the player is, is healthy going into the playoffs or whatever, you know, fake world we're in. Um, and if Kyrie's healthy and ready to go, like, I don't think I can put him lower than, than seven for me. Like I, I, you can make an argument for Chris Paul in the right system, but like, if I'm just starting, I'm going to go Kyrie because he has an unbelievable ability uh, of scoring the ball. He's just so, so skilled. And if he had some more intangibles, I feel like, and some more leadership, he could have been way, way better. But just if you're going by the skills, this, this guy is unbelievable. Three-level score for sure. Uh, and I, I don't think people realize, too. I don't even have the numbers, but I just know. Like, I don't know that people realize how efficient Kyrie Irving is. You ready for this? You ready for this? I'm ready, bro. I'm ready. So he only played 29 games. Let's yeah. go back, actually. We'll go first. He only played 29 games, but he shot 42% from three. Yep. On eight on eight shots. The year before where he played 54 games, he shot 40% from three. He's a career 40% three-point shooter. I don't think people, most people would even think that. You know, like this guy is so supremely gifted as an offensive basketball player. And I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. I honestly, I think it's going to come out of nowhere. We, we can get it on it on another day. I think the Brooklyn Nets could actually, if, if they end up saying, all right, Katie, just fucking chill out and play this year. Kyrie's last year too, whatever, just you're here. I, dude, I can't count this Brooklyn Nets team out with how damn good Kyrie Irving is and a guy who got left off to Ben Simmons is. But uh, I'm very curious to hear where he is on your list because, again, if you're going by availability, you can't put him in your top 10. If you're, like, drafting right now, I get it. But I'm, I'm assuming he's healthy. Uh, he's just so, so, so good at scoring the basketball. And uh, we just got to see this man healthy. That, I, I, that Nets team this year is a disaster. It's a disaster. I'm not really holding this that, that series against them. They got swept, but they were in some of those games, and that's the team that represented the East. They're, um, like, the only team I've ever – I've ever seen before the season in NBA history that they could legitimately maybe win a title and also maybe have the worst record in the league. Yeah, no, straight up. It could go so many different ways. And I don't think we've ever seen that. I don't think so. I had Kyrie 10. Okay. Um, that's and and I can explain it. I can explain it. I mean, 2019-2020, played 20 games. 2020-2021, played 54 games. And last year he played 29. Yeah, And the thing about last year is he wasn't even hurt. That's the weirdest part. Like, I guess he was semi-hurt for some of it. But, like, he just, he just didn't really play basketball. He couldn't play in certain places because of his vaccine. Yeah, And then he took a leave of absence when it was his, his kid's birthday. He disappeared for two weeks. Yeah, was... If you told me Kyrie Irving was playing 70 games next year, 60, 60 games next year, and would be available for the playoffs, he would be – a probably above Chris Paul for me, honestly. But that unknown, that X factor with him, I, I'm not taking him over over the guys I have above him for, for that reason alone. Like, the skill itself is there. He's another guy, too. When he wasn't on the floor for Brooklyn, they still won basketball games. It was similar to John Morant, where when he wasn't playing, they were still very good. They were almost better when he was off the floor, I'm pretty sure, numbers-wise. I'm going to look that up, bro, because I – how? 
maybe when James Harden was there, but when he wasn't, I don't even know how that could be possible. Let's see. Book of Nuts record without Kyrie was 30 and 23. Wonder what they were with him. Okay. So I have it. I have it here. Um, but you go ahead. Go ahead. If you have that, you can. I'm just going on. Oh. Off. What's his on off? It's not unreal, but the offense is. And that's what I was more looking at. When he was on the court, they had... Of course, they're better offensively when he's on the court. Well, that's what I mean. Like, just how could you be better, worse overall if you're way better offensively? Uh, Because defense is so bad. That whole team's defense was. But 121 offensive rating when he was on the court. 112 when he was off. Uh, That's nine points difference. But defense, 115. 112 when he was off. So overall, 5.7 points better per 100 possessions, bro. But there's been plenty of times still where, you know, we still don't know the the overall leadership and the impact, the other stuff besides skills, besides skills. I mean, he could be the most skilled basketball player of all time. Like one of those guys that if he was six foot six, I mean, holy shit. But – it's just the fact that I literally don't know. He might not play a game next year. If you told me he retired before the He's season, gonna I, play a game. I, if you told me he retired before the season, how surprised actually would you be? I'd be very surprised, bro. I don't think I'd be that surprised. I don't think he's going to, but I'd be like, oh, okay, that's kind of kind of You would be surprised. You would be like, what the fuck is this guy? If doing? they said he's retiring and going to live on the moon, I would be like, okay, it's Kyrie Irving. Like, that's yeah. just, he's a weird dude. But no, you can't it's just the availability, dude. The guy's played 100 games in the last three seasons. He's such a weirdo. He goes and disappears. His relationships with his teammates and his coaches is always very odd and scrutinized. I just yeah, I, I just can't risk it. It's a risk thing for me. Like, am I taking him over some other guys below the list? Yes, because that talent is so high and the fact that he could play. But for these next few guys, it's just not worth it for me to, to try to – make a sacrifice because these guys I know are playing. I get it. I get it. So I've had one through or one through eight. Uh, so you still have your eight. I know you had your 10, but give me your eight. Eight for me is going to be Drew Holiday. Bet. And, and this is, this, this is just a guy I can't, I can't leave off the, off my list between him and, and, and nine, it was actually really tough for me. Um, and I'm probably going to assume I know who you have eight for that reason, but no, maybe you don't. No, Drew, Drew is nine, Chris is eight. Okay, well, then I know who you have, ten. But <laughs> it was really – yeah, it was really tough for me between these two people. The reason I'm taking Drew is the defense, dude. Like, offensively, he's still an above-average point guard. But the defense is just on another level. You could make an argument for him being the best defender at the point guard position in the league. His IQ is off the charts. It's just – it's so weird because this is a guy where if he was on a team with surrounding players that weren't that great, we wouldn't even be having this conversation, I don't think, right? I'd hope we would, but, yeah, it's a lot harder. And, we, that's he's, what, yeah, we didn't talk about him like that on the Pelicans. Of course. And, and now you put him on this, on, this, on this Milwaukee Bucks team, and he's so impactful. And without him, no shot they win that championship. He's just oh, – yeah. he's a grinded out – unbelievable defender if not maybe the best point guard defender in the league no plus he is. his offensive he is. talent is, plus his offensive talent is just 
it's above average as well. I mean, you look at the stats, the guy from three last year shot 41%, 50% from the field, his free throw percentage wasn't good, but he, if he, he's like a 40, 50, 90 guy without the free throw, that doesn't really count, but just so, so, so damn efficient from the field. And of course it's easier in the role that he plays on that team, but shooting 41%, you can't just do that. Like the no, guy I, is, is, you need to know your role too. And it's, it's cool. It's cool that we both had him here this late because he's the only guy on this list that you're not, you know, is not like your full on not a superstar. Yeah. You know, you're not because he doesn't have the crazy offense, but let's not get it twisted either. Like that guy's a three level score. Absolutely. A three level score. He's a great finisher. Great, great passer, mid range, great passer. And this is not something he's always had. He's not always been able to shoot it the way he has now. And so he just understands the game. He always knows his role. He's not going to ever do too much. In fact, he, he would rather just sit and, and set guys up, but uh, Milwaukee's been the perfect place for him because he knows exactly what he needs to do to succeed. He, He gets to pick and choose when he needs to be aggressive on offense. And then as a lead defender, on-ball defender, there's just – there's no one better. You said you could make a great argument. I think I think someone has to make an argument that he's not for – you know, like I, I think he is absolutely the best defender. I'll take him over Marcus Smart, honestly, all day, especially after the way I saw him defend in the finals. Regardless, um, Drew Holiday was my nine, and it's cool because he's the only guy in here that's not like a engine offensively. But it doesn't matter because he is going to absolutely – you stick him on any of the 30 – there's not a single NBA team that would say, ah, we're good. You know, like you you stick him on any team and he's going to make that team better. No matter if you have already two guards that you like, like Drew Holiday will make your team better just by being on the floor. So I, I love that pick. And I think it would have been easy for us to, you know, with all this – these these guys up and coming, Dejounte Murray. We'll we'll talk about more about the honorable mentions to to take them off, you know, and say, all right, time's come. You guys won the finals. You didn't last year. You're gone. But I'm not doing that. And I'm glad he's like the it. most unsexy player on this list by far. <clears throat> but like, if you were to ask someone to that, like a bunch of different people to make this list, I feel like a lot of people leave him off out of the top ten because he's not that sexy engine offensive player. But yeah. At the same time, dude, he can run an offense. Like, he can initiate oh, an yeah. offense and score the ball. Like, it's crazy because that team is f- so perfect. You have Giannis in transition. You have Drew to initiate the offense. And you have Middleton when you need to go get a bu- bucket. Like, those yeah, it's three pieces on offense just They'll pop be back. each other perfectly. They'll be back. Don't – don't. They're winning another one, bro. I'm yeah. telling you. Soon enough. 100%. 100%. All right. Um – so your nine and my ten are got to be the same guy. Dar- Darius. Yes. Darius. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. Darius, if you guys have listened, you guys have known. I, I literally made a YouTube video on Darius Garland uh, last year, and it was crazy. I was watching it back, and, and I was like, I could see this sort of line. And he basically had that line. It was a really good line. I think like 23-8 on, on great splits. Um and it's always cool when because you you brought up Cade Cunningham and that's a guy who I would guess will be on this list next year, um, in some capacity even if it's like ten or nine. But you brought that up with Cade where it's like, hey, you know, he's on the Pistons, they've been tanking, uh, and a guy could put up crazy numbers, but it's hard to say like, all right, impact level, you know, where you're at. It was super cool to see Darius Garland go from that put up numbers on a bad team 
to like legitimately you saw how good this Cavs team was. And obviously it wasn't just him, but again, I, I would say absolutely the main reason for that jump from where they were to where they are, were last year was Darius Garland. This is a team that still, obviously they fell off because of it, but Jared Allen missed a ton of games. Mobley missed some games. Ricky Rubio, your backup point guard, goes down for the season. Colin Sexton goes down for the season. He had a crazy, crazy-ass load put on him, and he, for the most part, lived up to it. He got he was definitely tired in that play-in game against the Hawks, and you saw there was levels. Trey Young won that game, and you saw why Trey Young's, you know, four or five on our list, and Darius is nine. But um, it was just super cool to see his develop directly translate to them winning more basketball games. And he's really that dude. If you, I feel like not a lot of people watch him. Three-level score, I know we say it a lot, but it's rare that you have three guys, that's, guys that score all three levels very efficiently. Darius Garland does that, and he's a dimer, an absolute dimer. Great vision, always knows where guys are, makes tough passes. I love him. I love him. Dude, and, and, and another thing that people don't realize is Darius Garland was legitimately their whole offense. Like, I, they have no one else on that whole team. I mean, I guess they traded for Karis LeVert halfway through the season, but and, – and even Karis, you don't have to give me a start with him. He's not that great, right? He can't score the ball. But they literally traded for him because it's Darius Garland. And name another guy on the team that can score the ball. Yeah, huge load. He had a huge – There's no one. Their, their second-best score was, like – Mobley, dude. <laughs> Lori Markinen or Mobley, like they legitimately don't have anyone else who can put the ball in the basket and they don't have anyone around him that can shoot the three ball. Even that offense was horrid outside of Darius Garland. He was the entire offense and he literally willed them to that playing game. And their defense was obviously really good behind it, but he was the whole offense, like yeah. almost average nine assists a game over 20 points. Like one, one of the guys that eventually is going to be scoring, you know, 26 27 points a game and he's that skilled great passer um really smart iq wise doesn't turn the ball over i love Darius. He, he's just like you think of trey it's just like his own little flavor to trey like it's very very similar it wasn't quite as ball dominant and that's the thing too bro like we talked about that i think darius has a little bit of that hey i don't need the ball every every possession like obviously clutch possession cool but like it's not quite as ball dominant. Maybe it gets there. Who knows? But, like, I think he has an idea of how to get other guys cooking a little bit more. Um, and I, I really think this guy's the limit for him, bro. I think he could be a top three point guard. Um, Here's he, the thing. He, he doesn't have the usage rate as these other guys, too. He probably had 25 26% usage rate if I had to guess off the top of my head. Where guys like, you know, Trey, Steph, Luca have 35% usage rates. Like, that guy, I'll look it up right now just so I can be sure. The house, uh, his usage rate is 27%. Like, that's still high. Don't get me wrong. But that's not like elite level where dudes like Trey and James and Dame and those guys are up at 35, 36%. If he got to that level, he's scoring 28 point easy. Yeah. And 8.9 assists on that usage rate is absurd, too. Yeah, exactly. I, that, that's what I'm saying. I think he understands he doesn't need to pound it as much as some of these guys do. And I think as a result, you just see. I think he gives his guys a little bit more energy than even like a Trey Young does or a Luca does. I think he gets them feeling better within the flow of the offense. And who knows, the better he gets, maybe his usage rate jumps. But I think part of that is actually him making a conscious decision like, hey, I'm going to try and get these guys cooking. Like I've, I've watched a lot of them. I know Tyler did too, but like he really, whereas I'm not trying saying Trey or Luca are selfish or that they're not or Jaw 
or that they're not even deserving of the usage rate they get. But you can see Darius, his number one priority is others feeling good first. Like you can sense that. And I think that's that's huge in, into winning. Uh, glad you had him on the list too, bro. My uh, my 10, he rounded out. And I know your 10 was Kyrie, right? Yep. So I think we had the same exact 10, just different order, right? Yeah, that's crazy. That's I, I crazy. thought there was no way that happened, honestly. Yeah, that's that's crazy, and I, I like that. And I like that we had a little bit of differences uh, in the ordering, too. Let's go to some honorable mentions, bro. I know there's – I mean, we're talking about all the point guards. So, any guy that you want to highlight um, that because there's some great talents that just couldn't make this list. The next two on my list would have been LaMelo Ball 11 and, and SGA 12. Um I don't know where you would have gone with the next so two. My thing, I, I just got SGA out of there because last year we had him as a shooting guard. He didn't play. And, yeah. And, like, yeah, I feel like whereas, I don't know, whoever may He's be, such a weird – yeah. He plays off ball a little bit more than these guys, I feel like. So, I, I it was just – I was like, I want to have SGA time. I want to talk about him. I'm going to just make him a shooting guard that way I can. But, dude, if if I if I considered him a point guard, bro, like he would have been probably 11, if not maybe even 10, dude. Like I really think SGA is so good. I, he had 31% usage too. I, dude, he had the ball in his hands so much. He's got to get better. You're right. I might be pushing it, but I'm projecting a little bit. I'm projecting a little bit. And I also think playing with those teammates – Makes Giddy, it a lot yeah, it makes 100%. it a lot percent. See way and, more attention, and that that offense is set up to be kind of a free flowing open offense where there's not a point guard, right? So it's like yeah. Giddy brings the ball to four, SGA brings up the ball to four. He he's not really I get yeah. a true point guard, but I love that guy so much. It's just like I can't leave him off honorable mention for me because I just love him so much. For sure. And guys, like I, I really think Shea is going to be a multiple time all-star in this league. Like he is, that's a guy who I can resonate with because I feel like my, like he's not the most athletic. He's not the fastest. It's just really, really good skill, obviously, and crazy body control. Like when you see that guy drive, he'll Euro around a guy. He'll like, he is so good at contorting his body in ways to find angles to finish and manipulating defenders with the way he uses his body. It's so aesthetically pleasing. I, I love him. I think he's super, super smart. Uh, he would hundred percent been on him. I'll mention if I considered him one. Um, LaMelo's great. LaMelo's like you talked about though. Another guy where it's like crazy talent, super flashy. How actually good is he? How good is he? Can, can he get the Hornets to a plane this year? If he's a top 10 point guard, Probably right. If Darius can get the Cavs to play in, Lamelo can get the Hornets to play. In, is my thought. Lamelo too. Lamelo too is so weird. Like the <laughs> dude shot thirty nine percent from three last year. Like he had a killing from three for for what he was supposed to be. But everything else wasn't really there for him. Like I feel like he didn't finish great around the rim. He has no mid range game at all, which kills you in the NBA, as you know. Yeah. And like like he's not a three level scorer. He's not. And his finishing isn't elite enough for him to be like. Dude, and even the threes, like, I'm not ready to say that shit wasn't even an outlier. 
I, I mean, I agree 100%. Personally. And also, you look at the Charlotte Hornets' performance, like – They were never in that get Hawks game. That just showed you no. the levels, too, you know? And that Hawks team was not great this year. But they were never even in that, that Hawks playing game. Never and it's because even. of the difference between Trey Young and LaMelo Ball. It's just not in even opinion, close. Yeah, that's the main thing. So, I, th- I, I love the talent with LaMelo. I really do. But he's a guy that I'm not ready to – I get why he's an all-star, super flashy, put up great numbers. He's not a guy I'm quite ready to say, like – I feel like when Trey was at the cusp, I was ready. You know, I was like, I was like I'm ready for Trey to – or Luca or not, – not Jaw. I wasn't ready with Jaw. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, I need to see some winning. And I know it's this not a great be an extreme. This could be a bit of an extreme comparison, but – he could kind of be that Russell Westbrook S type player where wow and you know how much I hate Russ. I'm not putting that's it on why, that level. That's and what he I'm saying. It's wow. a lot better than Russ. But a guy that puts up 25, 10, and 10 on a team that continues to be like an eight seed, maybe he wins an MVP because he takes them to a five seed and he has a really hell of a year. But like yeah. I know what and you're I'm saying. I'm not ready to go that. I'm not ready to saying. go that far yet. But it 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 sort of looks like he's that kind of player because he doesn't have the explosiveness. Saying, yeah, because we got to be able to distinguish between raw stats and impact on winning. And a lot of times, guys that put up raw stat, huge raw stats, have a big impact on winning. But it's not a direct correlation. And Russell Westbrook is the poster boy of that. And I know what you mean. Where Lamelo is kind of in that path where you look at the numbers, like okay, you know, this guy could be in it. And he honestly still could be an MVP, but you you put Lamelo in a high stakes, you know, Eastern Conference Finals. He's not there yet. He's not there yet like as put, a basketball player. That's what I'm saying. Like put him on a, on a contender. Like let's say you put him on like the Heat team instead of Kyle Lowry. Like how much better really is They're that? Heat? Are they a contender? Really, like, Lamelo could have kind of actually been nasty in a in a like low pressure just score the ball roll, but regardless. I that's a I, I know exactly what you mean. And you put LaMelo on even the Cavs. Like I really think DG got more out of that group in terms of helping him win basketball games than LaMelo. Even if most people would say LaMelo is more talented, you know? So that's a great discuss discussion point. And it's, would you take LaMelo or SGA going forward? Uh, and is it close? I would take SGA. And it is close, but I'm taking SGA. Yeah, me too. Um I really wanted to talk about De'Aaron um, because I love I love De'Aaron Fox. I love De'Aaron Fox. You know you know how much I love him. I think he's going to have an absolutely monster year. Um, I think he's one of those guys where, like SGA, where you put him on a, a winning team with a functional culture and team around him, and this guy would have won an all- been an all-star already. Um, I just I, – I know he needs to work on the shooting – but I, I think he's actually a little bit better than people realize. Uh, post, post the Halliburton trade, so when Sabonis came, obviously small sample size. I think it's like 14, 15 games. He averaged 28, 6, and 4 on 50% from the field, 38 from 3. Again, 13, 14 games. They ran the whole offense through him. Um, and when you watch the guy, the guy, he might not have the uh, – definitely doesn't have the percentages of a three-level score yet, but he – has the ability to pull off those shots if that makes sense um crazy getting downhill so fast like people play off of him because they know he's so fast and he still hesitation blows by to the right 
uh, great body control on top of that. So it's not just, you know, head down Russell Westbrook speed, get through you. Like he'll has that speed, but he also has the finesse to go step around you. Um, I, I don't know that the Kings are making the playoffs this year, but I think, I think the Kings are going to be decent this year. I really think they're, think they're going to be decent this year. And uh, I love De'Aaron Fox. I think he'll be in the top 10 next year. I like Fox too. And I think just in terms of stat wise and development wise, Tyrese Halbert and being out of town is going to be huge because it's like, what do you do when Tyrese is there? And you have to develop Tyrese. He's obviously so damn good, but you also have De'Aaron Fox. It's, it's like, it's massive. It's literally the biggest thing ever. Like it, you could tear, I'm not going to say De'Aaron was pissed. Like, but watching him the beginning of the year, it, I got the vibe of like, all right, like, all right. If the, if this if this is what you want, I'm gonna be I'll, I'll still like be me, but like I he never came in into a game with a killer instinct. It was all just all right. I'll just play basketball if you want to tire. Not that he, it was almost like pouting without pouting. Like you think you think the Kings or the or the or the Pelicans win more games next year? Pelicans. Okay, I was trying to figure out how good you thought the Kings were gonna be. Yeah, Pelicans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like uh, hey, we have they haven't had anything, bro. Like I think at least now they have a semblance of like, all right, we have an identity, we got a defensive coach, we've got good players, honestly. We do. Um, and that, that pick is looking pretty good for the Kings too, honestly. Dude, Keegan Murray. Bro, Keegan Murray like literally looks so good in summer league. And I know it's summer league, but like I mean, he looks just so comfortable, you know, like the, looks like a perfect fit for yeah, them too, like, especially next to they, Fox. It's, I think they nailed that pick. And I think that's going to be a, honestly a big part of why they're decent um, is Keegan. But yeah, I just had to get that Darren shit in. I, 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 I think the guy's really, really good. Like I, I think he's just as good as someone it's like. It's just the three point shot. That's ball. it. Yeah. That's literally no, it. hundred percent. The mid-range and three-point shot, dude. If he figures that out, he's going to be unreal. Mid-range, I think, is there, but he has – yeah, he has to consistently hit the three. All right, Brody, who, who who are some other guys? All right, I got – you know who's a very interesting one that I think we should mention, and if he never got hurt, probably is in the top ten for us, is Jamal Murray. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about Jamal for sure. Because he's a guy I could easily take over, like a Kyrie Irving, maybe even a, a Darius Garland, depending on how he played. Like for sure, maybe even a Drew. Like if yeah. Jamal never gets hurt, and CP and CP, uh, yeah, he he could have slotted in anywhere from seven to ten if he hadn't been hurt. Um, and I I th- I I don't know about you, but like, dude, these guys are coming back from ACL injuries. Like they just are. I I don't remember anyone now recently who's like got hurt in their prime, tore their ACL, and they came back, and they were just, like, not good anymore. So I, I don't think we can write him off. And I also don't think he'll be as good. Like, it, it's also tough because the last time we saw him in the playoffs, he was in the bubble. I'm not going to say oh that shit didn't God. count, but that was a weird environment. That wasn't an NBA playoff environment. It was basically a competitive open gym environment. Uh, literally no fans for playoff games. It just doesn't really make sense. Everyone's staying – I don't think he'll be that good, but I mean, what he flashed there is really, really impressive. And he is a three level scorer. It's weird because he doesn't really have the burden of the playmaking because Jokic. So it's like, I feel like we could kind of knock him because we don't know if he could do it, but I think he could. Um, 
but yeah, and he's not a ball handler. That's because Jokic, like, he's not really a, a primary ball handler in that offense. He's more of like a not really a shooting guard, but he's just a, a, a like a you know a wing player. Yeah, I mean, Jokic he, has the ball so us. much. He could, he could. He was doing a lot of crazy shit uh, in the bubble, but yeah, we got to see it. And I think he's gonna come back and be a monster. But again, a lot of monsters missed this list. Uh, All right, here. I got a question for you, okay? Go Here's one. You got to take one dude going into next year. Are you taking De'Aaron Fox, DeJounte, or DeJounte Murray, or Cade Cunningham? Uh, I'm going De'Aaron, bro. Is that not close for you? I think it'd be closer if I didn't, like, love De'Aaron. And I think, honestly, we, we might as well talk about it, bro. DeJounte, like, literally is as mature as a 16-year-old. Like so yesterday pissed you off? No, I'm not gonna no, it didn't piss me off because I have no like 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 relationship with him, but it's like dude, you're a literal all-star in the NBA beefing with the number one pick. Like Super I don't care weird. if Paolo was talking shit, like just laugh it off. Like, dude, no no other all-star, no other established NBA star is ever gonna beef like maybe jaw, maybe jaw. But like as a joke though, not a, seriously. Like it, it doesn't make sense. And he's always had this. He's always tweeting such not always, but he's tweeting such shit at times. I remember when they drafted Primo, he like tweeted something mad. He, I just think he's dude. That's one of the biggest reasons he fell in the draft, too. I don't know if you remember yeah. that, but it was immaturity. He's wildly insecure and wildly immature. And I know that sounds like kind of weird because we're talking about basketball, but like these guys are all so good. Like, if one of them is super immature, I'll take the other. Cade, like we talked about, I think Cade could easily be past De'Aaron if, if things break right. But for me, next year, like in four years, you'll take Cade. But I think next year I'll take De'Aaron. And honestly, this might be a hot take. I'll take Cade next year over De, uh, over DeJounte. Dude, I was going to say, well, I mean, for me, DeJounte is last two. I just don't know what people think about him. I think I might go Kate over Fox. It's really, really close. Uh, I don't think you're crazy for that. I really don't. Kate's really, really good. And he can shoot. Um, and he's going to make a big step next year. I, I just know yeah. it. I, I like that team. It's really fun. Last one, two. Pick three. Or pick one out of these three. Lonzo Ball, Marcus Smart, and Jalen Brunson. That's so tough, actually. Like, really, really tough. Here was my my thought when I made it is Monzo for me, if you went into last year, it would have been easily him for me because I love Lonzo. You know me. I, 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 I think what he brings to a basketball court is so – it's like Drew Holiday-esque. Yeah. Marcus Smart, unbelievable defender, can shoot the shit out of the ball. And then Jalen Brunson, just such an Bucky. unreal creator for his, for his size and bucket Bucky. getter. Like, yeah. they all three do so – so many different things. They're different. But Lonzo's injury plays a, a big toll in it. So, like, I kind of get either one. Dude, I, I, that's damn near impossible. You're talking about going into next year? Mm-hmm. I think Jalen's – obviously, it's far and away. Jalen, Jalen's the best offensive player. It's just tough because if Jalen's my point guard – like, I need other things. Like, I do. Jalen's really good. Jalen's really good offensively. He's about as good as you can be in that body. Great footwork. Three-level score for sure. Um, 
but like if he's my one one i like i need really good other guys marcus smart like he can come in and just fill in i think better than like not just lonzo has the fill in aspect but i think marcus is uh just his intangibles his leadership his dog like he that's a guy if you're trying to win games you take you take marcus smart so i think i think for me i go I think I probably go if you're just going talent, it's Jalen, Lonzo, Marcus. Impact on games. I think Jalen, I think I go Jalen Marcus Lonzo right now at this point. The, the funny part about this, I think I'm gonna go with but you could go anyway, honestly. I think I'd take Lonzo still, even with the injury. I'm rolling the dice. Yeah, I think that's my biggest thing is, like, dude, his knee hasn't been healthy in a minute, and I just don't know if it ever will be, honestly. I don't think any any of these teams would trade any of these guys for any of the other ones. Oh, no doubt. Every, te- every team would just, hang up the phone. That just speaks to, like, you, you really kind of need to know the rest of the roster. Um, but, like, yeah, Marcus makes way more sense on the Celtics. I would be kind of nasty on the Bulls, honestly, but regardless you know like true jalen jalen brunson doesn't make any sense on the bulls like the bulls are not trading lonzo for or the celtics really yeah Yeah, like jalen brunson is pretty minimalized on the celtics but you know he's on a team in the knicks where if i'm the knicks obviously i'm taking jalen brunson i'm taking jalen brunson over both those guys but um i i love you know i love lonzo bro i absolutely love that guy it's just the knee is i mean dude he he legitimately got shut down like before the all-star break last year. And even right now they're like, Oh, he's still not ready. You yeah. don't know when he's going to be ready. You know, like I'm just, that's actually an injury that I'm kind of iffy on. Um, all right, bro. Would you go to Jante or Ben Simmons? I just seen your wheels churn, bro. It's not. It's not easy. I'd go Ben Simmons. Me too. I just feel bad because I feel like we're legitimately putting All Star Dejounte Murray at like fifteenth. But I, like, I'm not big. It's we talked about Russ earlier. I'm not saying he's Russ, but like, it's similar in that, dude. He he could average twenty four, thirteen, and twelve for the Spurs. It doesn't change the outcome for them. It does, and here's the thing with Dejounte too. He is a role player. Like, I get it on the Spurs, he can put those stats up, but like, on any competing team in the NBA, the dude is the third to fourth best player on that team if they're competing. Yeah, at this point in his career, and he'll never, he'll never be a one or two ever. I think he could be a three. Yeah, he could be a three, but that's his ceiling. No one else on this list. Their ceiling is a three. They're all twos at least, minimum. Yeah. I'm trying to – yeah, I really struggle to see a scenario where DeJounte's the two and that team's winning a championship or right there. But then again, who who's the two for the Warriors this year? Right, Pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, are you winning a title with Pool as your two? I would say it's Dre still. I would say it's Dre, but he breaks basketball. He breaks normal basketball conversations. Like, you can't really <laughs> you can't really explain why he's a two, but yeah, I'm taking Ben Simmons too, bro. 
And I think he's if and that's what I'm saying. If Kyrie and KD come back and they say, All right, fuck it, we couldn't find a deal. Let me just ball like Ben Simmons is in a perfect spot for him. Because all that all the time he got downhill in Philly and Joel Embiid's defender is right there. That's not gonna happen anymore. And he fits their needs perfectly. So like I just I, I where you know what you know what we who we haven't talked about that actually Fred is Van super in, no Tyrese Maxey dude I get he's not a top you know would you take Tyrese Maxey or Lamelo Ball Lamelo bro but I, you know how I feel about Tyrese like and I could be wrong and I I don't even like Tyrese is really good but I just think it's a lot hard. Like, Tyrese does not have any offensive pressure on him. It's attack closeouts, get downhill when you are haven't had to do anything in three, four possessions and you're full energy. Like, playing next to James Harden and Joel Embiid is like – I'm not going to say it makes it easy. I get it. Dude, you just I get it, play dude. less pressure. Defenses play less attention. You have more energy when you do have the ball, and you have more space. Like, it's just – you don't just shoot 43% from three. I don't care who you are. That's fucking like Joe Harris, Duncan Robinson, elite type. You're getting paid to shoot the three ball, even if you're not like, – even as a spot-up shooter. Like, Dude, Lamelo shot 38. Lamelo shot 38 with way 43. more – Dude, okay. If Tyrese Maxey does that as a one or two option, all right, I'll say He's that. But I'm not ready to say that. I think I'm you're I don't not. think you're giving Tyrese enough credit, honestly. That what dude, he's mean? 21 years old, just averaged 17 and a half points per game. 17 on... and a half points per game. In his second year in the NBA. I know. I'm not what type of credit do you want me to give him? What do you want I'm me to saying, say? I'm saying I think there is a legit argument to have about Tyrese Maxey over guys like LaMelo Ball. And De'Aaron Fox. You can't. He's so young that I get it. And he's going to be around Dude, high, high, high we usage in guys. Chat talking about Maxi or Mitchell. That's crazy to me at this point. Like, dude, are we not? Imagine this. You're at your men's league game, right? You're at your men's league game. <laughs> you. We're up 30. You, no, no. You are on a team. That has no one. Like, not no one, but you're clearly the guy. And you know, even if they don't even have a scouting report, after the first quarter, they're like, all right, this blonde-haired kid, surfer-looking kid, is actually a hooper. Let's make someone else beat us. And the rest of the game, okay, you blow by your man, and the help's already there, and you either have to make a tough layup or pass. And then you go to the next game, and this one guy's getting wide open three. Oh, attacking closeout. And he gets 29, and everyone's saying, oh, this guy's nice. This guy's so nice. Like, that's what it is to me. That's what it is to me. These I'm taking guys... Donovan. Okay. But I don't think you're giving Tyrese Maxey enough credit, dude. Well, then let's talk about where it needs to be because that's where I'm confused. I think he's a great dude, young player. I... I think he's a great young player. Am I taking De'Aaron, him over De'Aaron Fox next year? No chance. Next year, no. I don't think so. But I think if you're talking about the future, I think you could take Tyrese Maxey over Fox and have an argument for it. I think you could take Tyrese Maxey. No, I wouldn't take him over LaMelo Ball. But Fox, that's where I cut the – I think you could have Tyrese Maxey maybe at like 14 or 15 for next year. 
Yeah, I'm just not there because, especially, I mean, he is a point guard. He's a point guard, but like, yeah, I just until he has the duties of a, all these guys do, I can't. What about throw? What about Maxi in that Lonzo Smart Brunson conversation? I think I'm taking Maxi, dude. Uh, I'll take Maxi there. <laughs> I will. That's what I mean by I give him credit. I'll take Maxi there. I'll take Maxi there. I'm definitely taking him over Lonzo and Marcus. And then next year, maybe Brunson, but overall, it's not close. I'm taking Maxi. So is that enough credit? Or you that's, a, that's a decent amount of credit. I, I just <laughs> yeah. think he's like one of those guys that's in that 15 range that I think could hop up a few no, spots. That's fair, bro. League is crazy, crazy, crazy. God, there's so many good point guards, dude. Dude, there's just an, a ridiculous amount of talent, bro. That's why when the old heads hate, like I understand you got to respect the OGs, but it's like, dude, these guys are just ridiculous, ridiculously good at basketball. How are you going to sit here and act like anyone back then was doing this consistently. Tyrese Maxey would be a god in 1960s. What about uh, Maxey or Halliburton? Maxey. Oh, that's really close for me, dude. I, I don't know where Hallie's I go with so that so smart. I think Halley gets a lot of credit right now because he's so smart, and he's way smarter than point guards usually are at this age. So he takes really good shots, so he has better efficiency. But, like, I think a lot of times these young guards that have bad efficiency, it's because half the time they're taking stupid-ass shots. But if they refine their approach and took smart shots, they could put up efficient seasons. I think Halliburton's just really, really smart. And that counts for something. And I think he's going to be a really good point guard. But the actual, like, do you see Ty- Tyrese Maxey – or it's Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Halliburton taking over in Game 7 of the Finals offensively, like, at the highest stage. Like, I – maybe maybe but i don't know that the game's polished enough to do that like i'm i'm taking max personally over halliburton but it's close it is close that one is close for me yeah i mean you can't really go wrong with either of them honestly but <laughs> tyrese maxi and tyrese halliburton when tyrese went to indy basically like same stats across the board 42 yeah. percent from three 17 and a half points per game like very, very similar. Yeah, Tyrese had the ball more, or Hallie had the ball more. Like, oh, of course, of but course. again, he was the primary producer more. We we talked about it though. Maxi way more space. You know, Halliburton gonna get a little bit more attention. Um, all right, shooting guards next Sunday, bro, or this Sunday. All right. Um, let's do it. All right, my game got canceled because there's like an event, so I'm free. Like I don't even have to wait. But if you have a game or you're hooping, we're good, bro. Nothing nothing on Sunday for me. I'm chilling. All right. Sweet. We'll get after it. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Let me know what you guys thought. Uh, did we miss anyone? Anyone misplaced? Appreciate you for all tuning in. I love you guys very, very much. Peace. Peace.